Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Creating Portland, the podcast where we interview progressive artists in the Portland area that are using their art to shape the culture of Portland and beyond. I am your host, Pearson Coons, and I'm here today with Summer Martin, a good friend of mine and a local director. <laughs> uh, she is she loves to specialize in horror films. Yeah. Um, she's writing a horror film right now, which I'm sure we'll get into. And she also directed a film that I produced called Another Day, which I'm sure we'll get into. And she's also done several documentaries um, about Black folks in Portland and just Portland in general. So I can't wait to get into all of that with Summer. Summer, welcome to the pod. Thank you. I feel so special. <laughs> you should. You. This is our inaugural episode, our very first one, and I just yeah. had to have you as the first guest. Oh, thank you. You look so cute, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you as well. Right back at you. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with my big, broad question that is as specific or as vague as you want it to be. And the question mm-hmm. is, how are you creating Portland? how I'm creating Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I think I've told you on a, a many of times, I actually just wait for a story. Like mm-hmm. I don't go out and look for anything. I literally wait to feel the hair on the back of my neck or like that, oh, that excitement. And then I kind of follow the rabbit trail. Um, or, you know, I just like see something. I'm in a, a specific like sort of thing and I see something and I'm like, wow, that would make a good story. So mm. I wait to be inspired to, to create something about Portland. And pretty much everything that I write, direct, produce, has something to do with Portland. It's always like my main focus is telling stories about the Pacific Northwest, but Portland in general. And so you're kind of letting Portland create with you, it sounds like. Absolutely. So you're just letting that story lead itself within Portland, which is cool. Absolutely. And then tell us about this, this spark or this, what's, what's something recently that has sparked mm-hmm. your interest in Portland that's made you want to tell a Portland story or a Pacific Northwest story? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people who are into Bigfoot here. Okay, I know you know, yeah, they call themselves like squatchers and, <laughs> <laughs> and they are really into, I think it's called crypto is something like that crypto something okay. or whatever cryptozoology, and it's like about like bigfoot the study of bigfoot where he lives what he he or she eats does you know in the pacific northwest and my aunt is a huge fan <laughs> of bigfoot right she watches all the shows on like the travel channel and stuff like that she wears shirts that have bigfoot on it she is everything so one one day she asked me to go to like a Bigfoot festival in Oregon. And so I went down there with her and we were the only two black people there. Amazing. And so I, at first I was like, okay, right? Because black people don't believe in Bigfoot, come on. But we were there and I'm like, what if 
he actually came out and what will we do? And so that was my first like instinct that I had a story because I'm like, oh my gosh, this would probably happen. This would probably happen. And then I got inspired to write a story about two African-American uh, females going into the woods of Oregon oh for food. And they have to survive the night. With Bigfoot on their... So in your story then, Bigfoot is mean or scary because it's horror, Not, right? Well, yes, but it doesn't mean that Bigfoot is the quote unquote monster, sometimes you can invoke that part of someone when you mess mm. with them. Mm. Okay. So it's a little bit of like a Hulk scenario. Well, let's look through that. Okay. I mean, like, I mean there's a Bigfoot in the woods minding its own business. Yeah. You it's know like what any I mean? wild animal. Any, pretty much. Okay. Leave, leave it alone, right? But if you mess with it, you have to face the consequences. And so can you sort of paint a picture for us as listeners and watchers? What is a Bigfoot convention? I can, I mean, I'm sure there are characters galore. I can totally see why you would be inspired by this. But like, what, what are we looking at when we're looking at a Bigfoot convention? Oh, it was off the hook. First of all, we got there, right? There were like people directing traffic because that many people showed up, right? Are Paper they all from parking. Oregon? Yes. Oh, God. It was serious. Okay. You walk in, you pay for your ticket. There are people that have like things set up on the side where you can buy like Bigfoot hair or like a Bigfoot print, you know, that they like kind of harden and you can kind of take it. And they have shirts and they have like a, a Bigfoot person like walking around in a suit. And there's some people who are like standing on the stage and giving their kind of um, um, interaction with a real life Bigfoot, you know? So mm. it was. It was strange, but there's like a whole like culture. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I guess I have to go to one of those. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so this is a feature then too, right? A feature length horror. What, mm -hmm. How do you approach such a big undertaking? Like what, what does your process look like to write an entire feature? So this is the thing. Once I get inspired, it's like a dog with a bone. Like I won't let it go until it's over. And so, with this film in particular, it took me about like a month, I think, to write. And I just, I got so inspired. I literally just sat down yeah. and I just wrote and wrote. I, I didn't pay attention to the structure. Anything that came to me, the character wanted to do this. The character wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I look up and I have 120 pages. And so now I'm at the point where, okay, I have the story, everything is set up. Now I need someone to like go through and, and mm -hmm. edit and stuff so that I can start, you know, submitting them to film festivals and stuff like that. So it's fully, the full draft is done. You've mapped out the whole story already. I'm already on like draft three. Okay. I Come am on. so excited to see this. <laughs> and then, so you're drawing inspiration from this festival. You're drawing inspiration from your aunt, from your it's own life. experience there. Life, yeah. yeah. Tell us about how you bring in those different influences, especially like the Portland influences and the so, Pacific Northwest specifically. Well, I feel like a lot of our stories aren't told as it is. It's like usually mm. focused on different parts of the United States or the world. But I feel like feel like us in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of stories that mm. are different than someone in California. And I honestly, I look towards life to inspire me. Like, for instance, in this story with the Bigfoot story, one of my main characters, 
she struggles with anxiety and depression. And I wrote her character when I was going through an episode of heavy anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So I was able to craft that character after my own self. You know, she's, she's like nervous. She's hateful because she's actually really scared. Cause that's, that's how you really are when, you know, you're, you're hateful in that, that moment. Cause you can't get it away. Like it's always on mm -hmm. you. You don't feel like you're going to get out of it and you hate everybody. So I literally wrote from the place I was at. Mm. It was therapy. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you work with mental illness and in that sort of theme area a lot. Can you talk more about what's interesting to you about that and how you incorporate that into your work? A lot of people go through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people go through it. And sometimes when I write things and I share people say, oh my God, I went through that too, or I'm mm. going through that right now. So I have to be vulnerable in my walk with mental health because you never know who you can touch. You never know what I could write, you know, as mm -hmm. a, in a character and then have them minister to someone in, in a sense. So it's like, I have mm. to be true. I have to tell the truth. I have to be vulnerable. I have to be in the core of a, mm. of a character. I can't just write something just to write it. Mm. Don't wow. you say mm, to me like I'm just so saying something. You are <laughs> speaking wisdom to all of our listeners here on the pod. Um, wow. Okay, so that, yeah. that brings us then right into Another Day. So this Another Day film, which has just been released and is right. now going around to film festivals, mm -hmm. follows the story of a young Black girl in Portland schools. Can you talk about, because you, you were just talking about how you put yourself into the character. You are speaking truth, vulnerable yeah. truth into this writing and so you wrote this script um can you tell us about that process well when i was first brought onto this project i didn't think that it was going to be this project i thought it was going to be more so of like a music video of bobby hanging out with the girls and just doing her thing and i started to have more conversations with her before i started writing and a story started to emerge and where i got inspired was we started talking about our, our experiences in Portland public schools. And I'm 34 and Bobby is, how old is Bobby? 12, 13? Yeah, she's a freshman now. Yeah. 14-ish. Mm -hmm. And she's having the same issues that I had when I was her age. So nothing mm. has changed. And so when she would say stuff to me, it really affected me. And I'm like, that's the story. We need to tell that story. Like we need to show how uncomfortable you are when people touch your hair. You have to show how um, scared you are when you tell your parents what happened at school. So it's just like we had these conversations and I'm like, everything that you said, we got to break it up and put it in the story. Mm. And you talk about like, you have to show this and we were doing that in mm -hmm. the writing first, but then she was just nominated for Best Actress yes! in the Oregon Short Film Festival, which is exciting. That's so cool. And so how do you get... So we've talked a lot about writing. Tell me about directing. How do you get that kind of a performance out of an actor? Well, I want them to trust me. Mm. You know, I want them to be able to be their full selves with me. I want them to trust me with their feelings, their emotions, the art. And so before then, I would have conversations with the cast. Like Bobby, I spent a lot of time with her and I felt like by the time that it was time to shoot, she was comfortable with me. Mm. And when the other characters came around, 
before it was their time to shoot, I would pull them to the side and just have a conversation about how they felt about the story. Did they see anything in school that was like that? Mm-hmm. Um, reassure one of the characters that we know they're not racist. It's just this person did that. So I had a yeah. lot of conversations just to make people feel comfortable. And then we would go through something, I'd yell cut, you know, and then I'd go in and talk to one of um, the cast members. How did you feel about that? Do you Mm. remember when that happened? Tell me how you felt when that happened to you. So it's a lot of dialogue in between. Mm. Yeah, and it's especially interesting too, because these these experiences that we were putting to film had actually happened to Bobby. Yeah. Right, so they weren't even fully made up. These were things that she had said had happened to her before. Yeah, and that's why it kind of worked for her character in mm-hmm. particular because it was just remembering. And I I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to make her go there, but she's such a professional mm-hmm. and so smart and so talented that she just, it didn't even bother her. And when she had that moment where she cried and looked out the window, mm. I almost jumped up and ran in the room, okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, buddy. And I think that's what I really like about you as a director is that you go there and a writer too. You go there and you're willing to go there. How do you, where do you find the strength to do that? Oh, I'm scared as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm scared every single time. When I first had the table read with you all Mm -hmm. at your house, what did I do? Yeah, you were crying too. I started crying. Oh, yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified. But now, um, thankfully, I had that experience. I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Let me write something else. Mm-hmm. That wasn't so bad. So I push myself every time I write something new. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to push myself to shock my own self. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. write something. Yeah, because I'm writing like a love scene. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And when I first wrote it, I was like, oh, this person kissed that person and they made love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it is like next scene. And I'm like, no, Summer, you have to be true to the character. Like, what mm-hmm. do you want them to do? And don't be like so scared to be sexual and talk mm-hmm. about sex. So I just want to tell the truth. And mm. I'm still scared. I'm just going to do it anyway. Love that. Oh, inspiring. So, okay, so let's zoom out then. So we've talked about you and your work. Let's zoom out even further. What do you think about Portland as a whole? How would you describe the Portland art scene from your perspective? Okay, the good first. Okay. (laughs) The good first is there, there are a lot of people who are in the film community and people want to help each other. That is one thing that I've learned. I've joined a few different like groups. I've joined Film Fatales here mm-hmm. in Portland. I am about to join the Cooch Collective. Nice. I joined uh, OMPA as their diversity, part of their diversity committee. So I'm mm-hmm. like doing things in Portland and I can find people just like that. Hey, mm-hmm. I need this cinematographer. I just kind of put it out. What do you need? It's It's so easy to find that kind of help. So that's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, and everybody's just so supportive. Uh, the downside would be the funds to actually do art here in Portland. Mm-hmm. I don't think, if there is money, I don't know where it is. It's, it's being kept a secret. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. 
but we were lucky enough to get a grant from RAC, you know, mm-hmm. that funded, it didn't fully fund our project, but it gave us some wiggle room. But where's the rest of the money? Yeah, it sort of feels like that's the main source for independent arts. And they have a cap too at $10,000, which is is only going to get you so far. Exactly. And we made a, like a 15 minute film, but I can't even imagine trying to make a bigger film Yeah, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, where's the money? Where's the money? Like we really could be a real hub for film in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I know there's a lot of film that happens in Vancouver, there's a lot of film, of course, in L.A. and Austin and Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, and all these other places. But we can really put Portland on the map if people invested in arts and invested in filmmakers and photographers and, and all of that type of stuff. We could do it. And what do you think? And this is a big question, but what do you think is holding people back from doing that? What do you think is. Is stopping us? We have the talent, we have the skills, like you're saying, we have the community ready to go. I mean, I feel like I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people want to just move to LA Mm. and New York and invest in the places that already have something. You know, I could Mm. be wrong, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, I get that impression too. Right? Like, of course, there's, they're probably going to find money to do films in LA or, you know, Austin or something like that. But Portland, I don't feel like we're there yet. Like we have some movies that film here. We've had a few TV shows that mm-hmm. film here. But I'm talking about we need like some blockbuster stuff to put Portland on the map. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff that is filming here is just coming from outside and arriving mm-hmm. here. It's not sort of Portland generated Portland yeah. stories. Yeah. See, that's why we need a Bigfoot story. Come on. Yes. Buster. Hello. <laughs> Get that butter. Give me all the money. Like, let's yeah. do it. You want to produce? I'll direct. Come on. Okay. I you already know I'm down, even though you but, know how I feel about but, horror. I was about to say, because you know you're scared. I'm going to absolutely <laughs> be terrified the whole time, but I will <laughs> do it for you. Pearson, I feel like you would know the person in the Bigfoot suit. And you would still be afraid when we turn the lights off. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll play Bigfoot in the Bigfoot suit. I'm tall enough. Lord, you in the Bigfoot suit talking about... Bring a whole new energy to that character. That would be... Now, that would be funny. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. There's so many things I could talk to you about. Let's what do you think then is like other than getting the money here like what does the future of portland art look like for you what would you love to see that you're not seeing right now is i guess what i'm asking i i want to see more Mm -hmm. i just want to see more um i know that people are struggling trying first of all the rent is how you doing Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) trying to live and then also invest in your art like that has to be really hard I know that it's really hard for me and it slows me down a lot Mm -hmm. but I feel like if we had an increase in the funds to be able to people can take on things for um for their day job like they can create for their day job we can really recreate the Portland like renaissance here Mm -hmm. and have you know, like speakeasy type of stuff or like art shows, right? And like now this like drive-in movie theater thing is Mm -hmm. happening. Like we can have so many film festivals, like 
I just, we just need the money to come in. I don't know where, I, I don't know where that. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Can you speak more to like the Renaissance? You mentioned the Renaissance, the Portland mm -hmm. art Renaissance. We're in this quarantine yeah. situation right now. We are both filming from our homes because yeah. of the absolute chaos of the world. But there is talk that this is like a moment to slow down, a moment to reset mm -hmm. culturally. We can't just keep remaking blockbuster movies all the time. Mm -hmm. We're having all of this sort of time to sit and reflect yeah. and come out on the other side with something new. What does that look like for you? What is your what does your renaissance look like on the other side of quarantine? Screenplays. Mm. I have a few now, you know, that I'm doing second, third, and fourth, you know, drafts of. And so for me, it would be like putting those out and hopefully getting some directors who may want to direct some of my films or mm -hmm. um, someone who might want to produce one of my films. Um, a lot of people I know are not necessarily using this time to be creative, in which I understand. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on in the world there's a lot going on in portland we are in the news every single day or every other day about what's going yeah. on i was just downtown on saturday <laughs> we'll talk later uh, <laughs> um and i really don't want people to get down on themselves because like mm. yeah we can use this this time to be in quarantine to write all the stuff you want to but if you have a moment where you don't write anything for a month that's okay too. There's a lot of stuff going on. You have to trust your body and your instinct. Don't just write some bullshit just to say that, hey, I wrote something. <laughs> Actually, no, for real. Like, oh, yeah. I have another screenplay. Well, it sucks. So, like, <laughs> <now> <laughs> but now it's just like, write, trust your instincts, trust your heart, like, write what you can. And mm. then when you take a break, this is a perfect time to just take a break. Just use your intuition that's what i think you should do mm. and you talked about writing being your therapy so are you using that yeah. as a way to cope with quarantine then to cope with quarantine i'm actually using journaling to cope with okay. and not so much my screenplays screenplays is like that's like fun it's fun mm -hmm. it's just i get you know i can see myself in the characters and i can kind of do like make believe so that that's fun part but like to deal with quarantine i actually get up every single morning mm. and i set a timer on my phone and i free write until my timer goes off and i could be talking about jelly beans or like toenails or something but as long as i write something down and get it out of my brain within the first like 30 minutes of my day then mm. i feel like i'm okay what's your timer how much time do you do if you feel sharing oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> your personal process <laughs> Um, do you know that book, The Artist's Way? Yes, I was just thinking you were doing The Artist's Way. Yes, so those are my morning pages. I okay. don't necessarily do the 30 minutes anymore because I feel like... That's a lot. That's a lot. So it's like between me waking up, stretching, thanking the Lord, mm. and pulling out my journal to write, it takes me 30 minutes. So okay. I would say like between, I might set a timer for 10 minutes and then it'll go off, but I'll still keep writing for an extra five. It just, it depends on what's in my heart. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. And have you come with like come up with story ideas in that space or how has that functioned? How's the journaling tied to your art space? 
it's completely separate. I the journaling I have to do it so that I can create art. Like it has to be two separate things. Well, it doesn't have to be two separate things, but I use them as two separate things. Hmm. I empty out my brain of all the weird stuff and stuff that don't, you know, things that don't matter. And then I can better better create something over here now that mm. all that other stuff is gone. Well, come on, my mother is up here preaching. Like, yes, come on. She is. Go <laughs> off. Um, okay, well, thank you so much. We're almost done. I guess my last question for you Are is we? what do you have to say to Portland artists? Like, what is your advice? What is your hope for Portland artists? What is the future for Portland art? What yeah, what is your what are your final words to the Portland artists? Put your balls on the table. Okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> you did say that. So let's elaborate on what Wait, that means. I got that from Ludacris, the rapper. That's what he said. And I okay. actually heard him say that a long time ago, and I still use that to this day. Okay. Be fearless. Mm. Um create something that excites you and share it to the world. Like, I want to see it. I want to support. Um, I want to be inspired. I want to be inspired from your story. I might make my own story. I don't know. But I feel like create and then don't be afraid to share it with the world because we need something other than what we're getting right now. We need a revolution. <laughs> we need a, a renaissance. We need something. So mm. put it out there and let people enjoy it. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I'm so inspired by your fearlessness, by your dedication to authenticity, to vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Live out loud. You see the hair? I do see that hair and I do love it. Live out loud, hunty. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being here, Summer. Summer, where can people find you on the internet? Well, my website is www summer martin s-o-m-m-e-r martin m-a-r-t-i-n dot com or i'm on twitter at summer s-o-m-m-e-r b-r-z summer breeze that's me Mm. and we will have all of that linked in the description (laughs) for this podcast as well and just wanted to let y'all know thank you so much for listening to our very first episode of creating portland we are on twitter we are on instagram we're on facebook at creating pdx and um yeah thank you so much for tuning in this was produced by golden pride productions and wolf and thunder productions and we hope to see you on our next episode thank you so much bye everybody bye Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, CreatingPDX.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!